You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 197 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you? Here, here, sitting on the couch right next to you, Valerie Koo. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good, it's pretty good. As regular listeners will know, we don't actually live in the same state. So it's always awesome when we manage to catch up in the same city, especially if we are doing some shoots or organising some work together or just going out and having fun. Uh, but uh, right now we're in a hotel in Sydney because we've spent all day shooting. Well, actually, Gina's been doing the shooting and it's been really fun. It has been fun and you've been in front of the camera, Val. You were the diva all day. You were the star. <laughs> it, you had hair and makeup yeah. and stylists fussing over you and sound and lighting and it was all catering. Catering. All on. <laughs> the catering was a bag of groceries from the supermarket. Yeah, but, but yeah, okay. Still, it was all right. Someone else made <laughs> that for you didn't they I made my own lunch <laughs> thank you they made your lunch Gina of course. <laughs> but anyway uh, we thought we would record this episode for you guys to talk about how to plan and direct headshots because one of the things we're both doing tomorrow is we are filming a course and a whole heap of tutorials for the gold community over at ginamilitia.com and the tutorials in the course are all about how to plan, direct, shoot and edit awesome, beautiful, compelling or powerful headshots. So that's going to be really cool. I'm not going to be in front of the camera tomorrow. I'm going to be behind the camera. Well, I'm going to be behind behind the camera because Gina is going to be doing the shooting and I'm going to be shooting Gina doing the shooting. That's very meta, isn't it? Because I'm going to capture exactly how Gina shoots these headshots, how she directs her models, and she's going to be explaining to viewers exactly what she's doing, what um, shutter speed she's using, how she's lighting it, how she's talking to different types of people, depending on what they need in terms of connecting with the camera. Because, you know, some people are really extrovert, some people are really shy, some people are really nervous, some people are stressed out, some people are confident or overconfident, some people are um, insecure. So I, one of Gina's greatest gifts is her ability to connect with people. And it's actually awesome to see it in action. So I'm excited to be capturing all of that on video for everyone in the gold community. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun, isn't it, Gina? It's going to be fun, and we did a bit of that today, Val. So we'll probably do a bit debrief in today's episode, yes. and uh, because you have questions about some of the stuff that I was saying to you today, I do. But that... Maybe um, so. We'll do that. We'll get to that. But I think I, I want you to read out this awesome iTunes review that okay. I found for you. All right. All right. So um, Natalie Jenkins from the UK has left us a review on iTunes. And it's really cool. Natalie has said, has headed it, this podcast has made such a positive difference to my life. Oh, I already, I, I love it already. I know, see? <laughs> so Natalie has said, I've always had a love of the arts and have dabbled in photography for many years, being the designated photographer at family events and went on holiday. In summer 2017, I decided that I would put some more effort into my fitness. And so I started walking to and from work. I caught up on lots of music during my walks, but after a while, I thought I could be using my time more efficiently and that I could perhaps use that time to learn something. My husband found the podcast on iTunes 
And since that first listen, I have been totally hooked. Well, yay to the husband, yay. Um, Natalie continues, I've been binge listening to the back catalogue and the podcast comes from comes all over the place with me on walks, to the gym and in the car. My children and husband enjoy it too. Gina and Valerie talk in such a jovial, interesting and entertaining way, so much so that I feel like I'm sitting in a room listening to friends. Gina's explanations really click with me and I now understand things about photography that I never thought I would. In the past, I have found the thick technical books of pudding despite being a scientist. Valerie has a knack of always asking the perfect question and I find that the two of them complement each other perfectly. This podcast has inspired me to do a little each day to make progress and this ethos has seeped into the rest of my life, helping me to make strides in many areas. Thank you for creating such an awesome resource for us all to enjoy. I look forward to each episode and no longer care about laughing out loud as I walk down the street. It's nice arriving to work, having a good giggle on the way. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, awesome Natalie. Natalie very cool. And a scientist. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so, Natalie, my favourite scientific formula that I'm most proud of uh-huh. that has to do with photography is light is the opposite of dark. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. But it explains it. You don't need all those formulas, Val. Okay. All right. Yes. And yeah. Natalie's a scientist. Yeah, scientist. I'm backed up by a scientist. Yeah. You know, you know when um, performers do like shows and they get the 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 quotes from people who've seen the show. Yeah, the critics. Yeah, the critics reviews. Yes. I want to put Natalie's on a poster that yes. says I'm a scientist. <laughs> And I like the explanation because that makes me really happy because I nearly failed science. (laughs) Well, I love Natalie's review. So thank you so much, Natalie. Really, really appreciate it. You you know, it really does mean a lot to us. And we're not just saying that. Um, So you've really made our day, especially because we've had quite a long and tiring day today. We've been on our feet all day. But um, if anyone else has 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, that'd be so awesome because we'd really love you to make our day too. (laughs) Anyway, thank you, Natalie. Really, really appreciate it. But as I mentioned, one of the things that we're doing tomorrow is shooting a whole heap of stuff. We've got talent, we've got hair and makeup, we've got assistants, we've got everything to shoot videos that are tutorials and that are courses for the gold community over at GinaMilitia.com. And to find out more about the gold community, have a listen to this message. Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production, you get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. All right, we're back. So today we've had a big day, haven't we, Gina? You flew up last night and quite late. Yeah. We had a very late dinner. Late dinner. And kind of, and we went to the venue at like 11 o'clock at night because we were able to get in because, you know, I've got access to it. You insisted on drinking, Val. Yes, which was probably not the best idea. Good idea, Val. No, I know. But anyway, uh, we went to the venue to basically do a recce and decide on different, you know, potential 
sets and yep. locations and, and stuff like that. And also a little bit of a recce around the hotel. And we chose this hotel because it was very near the venue so that we didn't have to schlep all the gear 5,000 kilometres, you know, it's the closest hotel. It's also a hotel that um, has been built on like an old historic building in Sydney. So it has a lot of sandstone and a whole row of columns, which I knew that Gina would love. Um, and so that's another reason why I picked the hotel. But yeah, we and then we got to bed quite late because we were just gas bagging for a while. I know, it's a lot to catch up on. But so the, the whole recce thing and that keeping everything within a couple of minutes is is a real game changer when you plan your headshots. So we mm-hmm. like we've always done that. So that would be one of the first and most important things that I uh, advise to people who are shooting headshots. If you want to, like often when you when you've got someone coming in who needs headshots, you want to offer them more than one look. Right? Mm. You want to value add. So you want to try and do um, three, two, three, five, even because people. Like, say 10 years ago, right, before social media took off, mm. you'd get one headshot, it'd be the one you would put with a press release, yeah. or a, unless you were a celeb right yeah. now. But if you were a, an accountant or you were an entrepreneur or something, you'd have a, a couple of different shots that you'd use. But today, like, you've got all your different social media platforms. There are so many opportunities to burn through those shots that Mm. people now need more and more and the other thing that we did with you today Val and Mm -hmm. that we touched on last week was doing video for for uh, social media as well so like that is another way that you can value add so that kind of added another level to the day having to shoot the video and like that so it made it even more hectic so let's give everyone a little bit of an explanation of what we did today so Gina basically did headshots for me in the morning and in the afternoon because Jeannie's got this newfound absolute love passion slash obsession with video she shot video of me and we're going to turn that into kind of like a promo profile video for the work that I am doing as an artist um, and, and painter. So we, it was a pretty Would packed that be day. The, uh, Venice Biennale. When you do that, <laughs> is that what they're going to roll out when you win that? Do you win a Venice Biennale? I don't know, conference? actually. But yeah, it would be pretty good to would be the be Venice Biennale. Would that be your solo show at the Guggenheim <laughs> or the Whitney Biennale? The Whitney or what's the, what the? Where's the one in New York? The Met. That's that an we, opera. You know, Where's the, where's the, where are the steps that they used to all sit on? Oh, no, Gossip Girl. Yeah, we went there. We went up those steps, didn't we? Oh, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, I don't, that's a museum that we went to the shop and, and then we left our friends there and, and decided. Yeah, back, but, but like, what's the, because that's where we saw the, um, it's probably the, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Metropolitan Museum of Art. Okay, yeah, yeah, so. That's you'll I could be wrong. This, you you roll know, out this video, Val, of you, your artist profile video at, at the Metropolitan Museum yeah, of Art in New York. Okay, yeah, I'm going to New York in so June. So going to be there in July. Yeah, Val. why didn't we coordinate? Well, I didn't think, did we? <laughs> then we could have rolled it out there. We could have. So. <laughs> a lot to go through, a, a lot to get through, and probably I. Here's the thing, when you've got people asking you to do stuff and you do want to value add, you want to try and get as much done in a day as possible. But there is a real danger, I think, in trying to get too much done and Mm. trying to get too many backgrounds or too many different lighting styles or just trying to do too many things. I kind of feel like today... We tried to do too much. Yes, we always try to do too much, though. You know, that's the story of our lives. I know. So today wasn't I, going to be any different. I would have enjoyed the day. I did enjoy the day, Val, <laughs> today. But I would have enjoyed it more if I had what, just either just the headshots to do, yeah. or just the video yeah. to do. The headshots and the videos kind of 
Uh, it was a lot in? to do, yes, a because lot to think about. it's a different mindset as well. It's a different headspace when you're shooting video than when you're shooting stills, right? Mm. So, yes, it's true. But Gina was a trooper and she was amazing as usual. And we had the added challenge of rain. Yeah. Like we're talking rain. It persistently rained, Val. <laughs> persistently rained. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Gina was trying to say something else there, but um, it, ra- it was very. But then, mm. it, like, it eased up. But it's like when you get rain, it's um, it, changes it really, everything. It drops the light down a lot because I was hoping for. I had in my head the Sydney typical blue sky, bright sunshine that bounces off the sandstone yep. buildings yep. and you get this automatic fill light and you really don't have to work hard for that. Which is how it's been for the last eight days. It's like, you know, it, divine intervention. Yep. We had the most amazing last eight days and then yesterday it decided to become autumn or fall as the other hemisphere says. Uh, And, yes, so so today was challenging in terms of weather. Yeah. We did have – because we were going to shoot a bunch of things outside and then we were going to go to the venue, which is indoors. Yeah. So it limited what we could shoot outside and it also meant that we had to kind of – shoot when it wasn't like wait for the rain to pass and shoot only in the little gaps in between and then there's the risk of you know your hair frizzing and Mm. and stuff like that so we didn't get as many shots outside as possibly we would have done but that's okay because you know we we just found alternatives so what was your what was going to be your plan B if it rained or did, uh, did so, you? So what I do is I like to shoot inside when it's raining and we pretty much did that. So you look for eaves or um, uh, balconies, overhangs or balconies, uh, doorways, things like that where you're um, safe from the rain. The other really good option that I love is to go to an underground car park. Mm. And uh, where you've got light flooding in, you know, where they're lit. How can it be an underground well, car park uh, sorry, with light uh, flooding? Multi- sorry, let me rephrase that, Val, with, with turn my brain back on. Yeah. A multi-level car park okay. uh, where they have, they often, it's not windows, but they've got like large cutouts to yes. let the light in. And even if it's... Uh, like the car park at Melbourne Airport. Yeah. That's exactly. my favourite car park at in the, the world. the Jetstar one. No, I don't fly jets. The multi-level one? Yes, the yeah. multi-level long-term car park. Yeah. My favourite car park in the world. Yeah, because? It's so good. What's good about it? Um, well, unlike Sydney, in Melbourne, you can literally drive your yeah. car practically to the door of the plane yeah. and park your car and then just walk a bit and then but you get you on know, the plane. The one that I just mentioned is actually right at the terminal. You're parking further away. I know you had a go at flying Jetstar, but it, the Jetstar terminal parking is right under the terminal. You don't even have to go outside. Okay. Okay. So those (laughs) car parks, multi-level car parks, are really good when it's raining. So are cafes. Yes. Uh, Anywhere that you've got protection and you can sit. So one of the shots I did with you, I sat you in the window. Of a cafe? Of a cafe. We did... like a, where the columns were, which was uh, covered with daylight. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the stuff was inside, but I worked with uh, window light and mm-hmm. we also had like a little bit of flash mm-hmm. uh, just to pop in like a, a duke of light. So um, <clears throat> probably the hardest concept uh, that, that, that explaining that that people sort of don't understand and I see uh, photographers making the mistake of a lot when they're lighting their headshots is they're using they're not they're not utilizing the available light that's already in the room and they're overriding Mm -hmm. that and this is something I also did when I was starting out that's like I would bring in my flashes and I would be shooting at f-stops of like f- 8, F11, which if you're doing that inside, you're going to not use the ambient or already existing light in the room, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so you're making your flashes work really hard and you've got a very studio look to your shots. Mm -hmm. Um, If you work with the ambient light, you'll be shooting at a a much uh, wider aperture. You're going to have your ISO a lot higher. Mm-hmm. And you've 
use the existing light. So what I do is I will set up a shot and shoot as if I was shooting daylight. All right? Mm -hmm. So let's say it's inside f.2, 1/125 of the second of a second ISO 400, right? Using the window light, light my model that way, and then I'll look at the skin tone and if I think it's kind of muddy looking, but it's not bad, but it's just like the light inside isn't enough, then I'll add a duke of light. Duke. A duke of light is just to lift the skin tone, maybe a quarter of a stop to half a stop. So I'll get my flash out and I'll dial it right down. So today we were using with you a speed light and a uh, portable beauty dish that actually folds down flat. So it's perfect for travel. And it's got a, uh, a diffuser on the front as well. So it's a, a kind of a nice, soft, combination soft, crisp light. And I use that to, to light you just to give the skin tone a little bit of a lift and a dook and mm. put a little sparkle in the eyes, even though the window lights that were in the room were doing all of the same thing. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing that we focused on, Val, mm -hmm. that you said you had questions you didn't quite under because I kept yes. having a go about this, didn't I? Yes. So do you want to explain it in your words what I was saying to you that you didn't quite get? Sure. Okay, so one of the things, so Gina basically shot me for, I mean, almost all day. And um, when she was shooting the stills, she needed, she obviously was trying to connect with me or get the camera to connect with me or me to connect with the camera. And one of the things that she kept saying to me was, stay, stay with me or stop stay thinking. here with me. Yeah, and stop Be thinking. here now. Yes. Be here now. And... The reason I'm saying that, Val, is it's like you, on your face, you can tell, like when you check out, you would kept leaving the shoot because I know you were, like you had uh, people running back and forth to, to get stuff and your paintings and you were thinking, you were in doing the shot, but you were thinking about four shots down the track, which is what you do. What do you call it? Risk management. management. <laughs> you were, your brain, that's how you function, is risk management thinking, whereas I'm just in that moment. I'm not thinking about what's happening next. I am focusing on this shot right now, what the light's doing to your face, and getting you to connect. So what I kept saying to you, and what I say and what I see in everyone that I photograph and what um, all the listeners can very easily learn. It's a technique. You can see it when you look at someone. You can pick it up and you'll like this sort of stuff. If you can start to notice this in your um, headshots and you then you can flick through magazines or look at online photos and you can tell which models are checked out and which ones are engaged. So it's something in the eyes, it's an expression on the face, but you will see it and you will notice a, a homework for you guys is to kind of train yourself to start recognising it. When you're having a conversation with someone, have a look at how what their eyes are doing. Are they engaged? You can tell when someone is engaged and interested in the conversation and it's not just that they might be glancing at their phone <laughs> while you're talking to them. But you know, um, there's someone that we both know very well. <laughs> that mm -hmm. When we talk to them, they check out constantly. They're not, they're not listening to your conversation. They're somewhere else. They've gone home, they've got their pyjamas on, <laughs> and they've gone to bed, and you're telling them something. They're not listening. Mm -hmm. So you want to learn how to do that and so what I was seeing in you today Val when I was photographing you and the reason I kept saying no come back mm. no come back is you kept leaving the room mm. in your mind and you kept going somewhere else where were you going <laughs> I don't know so I don't you even to leave the shoot I didn't even know I was going somewhere that's the thing hang on let me just hold that thought for a second because while I remember uh -huh. I need to um while I'm um having a go at you <laughs> let me back up and um I'm gonna make a public apology to Valerie too <laughs> right now oh my god what for how many years have we been doing this podcast a while Ma many many years I have bad 
and you about your tripods. Yeah. About how they're you not have. great, that you keep buying really... Shit um, ones that blow over in the wind was over. the last thing you said. No, no, when someone coughs yes. in the room, they blow over. They're yes. a very flimsy one. And so I had... I was flying one of mine up and yeah. I knew that we would be shooting B-roll today, B-camera, and yeah. I needed another tripod. So I, I said, have you bought a new tripod yet? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, can you bring it? Can I borrow it? And I'm expecting, <laughs> honestly, not much. I'm expecting <laughs> probably, and, but oh, this is how I thought it through. I'm like, Valerie's going to bring one of her little tinny aluminium tripods and you can actually hack these tripods to make them quite sturdy if the camera's not moving and you just need something to uh, for steadying a b camera right what i was going to do was i was going to hang a bag full of like water bottles uh you know a three or four kilos mm-hmm. on the um center column of the tripod and mm-hmm. that makes it actually quite sturdy. sturdy it adds weight to it it gives it some makes it more substantial which is what you get when you pay for uh one some of the bigger tripods that are more expensive so that's what i was expecting valerie Koo <laughs> rocks up with the deluxe like her tripod is better than mine so i now have tripod envy it's so <laughs> big are you compensating for something about <laughs> it's the mother of all tripods and it's a it's a um it's a like a fluid head so it's a video head that she's got on the tripod but it's like i just bought a fluid head and i was pretty proud of mine and now when i put my tripod we should take a photo yeah we should take two, a photo the two we'll two take tripods. a photo mine is kind of the smaller version i got the smaller one because i didn't want to have a very heavy one you bought the you bought like the <laughs> the, the, the the big mother it's yeah. massive and it's like high-end high-tech it's beautiful so i have uh tripod envy and that's a very beautiful tripod and your <laughs> tripod's better than mine val good on you so i'll never actually bag your <laughs> tripod again but now that i've said that there's another thing that i need to, i do need to have a go at you okay about. Um, you don't know how to roll up cables, oh. and you need to learn because I'm sick of going. I it, cannot like, no, pulling stuff no. out, and it's a dog's breakfast. I like no, 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 no. You're wrong no, there. No, 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 no. Let me explain. I know how to roll you up cables. Not to. I do know how because I used to do AV. But you I used to do not sound. To. But why? It's so really, I, I knew that I, I know you the way. Be, oh, just more pedantic about you. No, cables. I know how to roll up cables. But I'm constantly untying your cables. <laughs> it's like it's a mess. So there is a way, and I think I was in a uh, rush. Yeah, I know. But then you, if you have to shoot something quickly, and then you have to spend ten minutes untying and unknotting something, it's not ideal for setting up a shoot. So you should, you should keep your cables neat and there's um, cable ties actually the best hack for cables is to get uh, from a hardware store you get like a roll of uh, velcro a and b side yeah right uh, and it comes with the the, the two parts the yeah two, what, what are they called male and female are i don't know i don't know is it well there's the know. the shiny there's the the furry side and the, the pokey side. side. With the pokey side, the mm. furry side. Mm. And you And they get to come and make babies. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> and they stick, but you get like you get that hole on a roll. So all you do is you maybe you might cut off mm, 10, 10, 15 centimetres. Yeah. Right? And you cut a slit down the middle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you feed your cable through that. Mm-hmm. Right, and then you've got like a, a little tag that you can when you've rolled up oh, the I cable see. that yes, you can you just, velcro yes. it up. Mm-hmm. You can buy them like that ready-made as well, but yes. you can make your own. It's yeah. far more satisfying to MacGyver stuff. Sure. Okay. Well, you need to do that, Val, a bit more with your cables. All right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Because it's a mess. <laughs> okay. So let's get back to the connecting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So where were we? About so that? my, um, I understand what you're saying intellectually, but I didn't, because I didn't think that I went somewhere else, mm. I didn't know how to come back. Mm. I didn't know what to actually do when you were saying, come back here or stay with me or, you know, 
stop thinking. I didn't know what to actually to do. Thinking. So, it, and it's it, it's really difficult, and it does make a huge difference if the person that you're photographing is uh, connected to you as the photographer or to your camera, and whatever they're thinking about is actually written all over their face. And when you're first starting out as a photographer, you probably don't even see it. I, I can remember looking at photos going, it's sharp, <laughs> it's sharp, and it's exposed kind of within three stops. <laughs> happy, happy days, <laughs> got the shot. And then I'd be happy if it was, you know, maybe correctly exposed. And then I started focusing on lighting. And then it was, um, and I've told this story before, but it was the actor Alan Fletcher who Mm -hmm. pointed out about, no, there's no one home in the eye. So it took an actor to teach me about that extra, that next little step, the connection, and seeing who's home in the eyes. So for some of the shots, Val, when I was shooting, I kept saying, no, you're not home. You've checked out. Come Mm. back. Come Mm. back to... And getting you to come back, I had to bring you back into this moment and I had to engage you. And I know that you know most of my tricks. (laughs) I've told you all about the... the, uh, I tried it on you too for one of the shots. I said, just tell me a story telepathically, Mm -hmm. right? And that got you at sort of out of your head. So I kept saying, I'm trying to get you out of your thinking mind because you're, I know you're, you're sitting there going, all right, I'm going to do the next shot. I'm going to get my painting over there. <laughs> organise him. Because uh, that's your voice, by the way. That is not my gonna voice. organise that person and then we need to get lunch. And then you probably, then you've fast forwarded to three weeks. And then when I get the shots back, I'm going to have them in this publication. Then I get my show at the Venice Biennale. So you're, like 15 <laughs> steps ahead of me and I'm like no no come back and just be in this moment so I tried the I tried that the connecting via please tell me a story and we we share all of this there's lots of these examples in the goal community where you'll see the step by step of how I do it mm. so the the next one that I did it's just like I need you to be in this room and I need you to stop take going somewhere else in your mind so what's the what's the one that I taught you with the surface pro Val (laughs) so Gina wanted to shoot me sketching um sketching on a surface pro uh and she wanted me to obviously connect with what was going on um in you know, at the time, you know, and 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 have a decent expression on on my face when I was sketching on the Surface Pro. So Gina's, by the way, listeners, Gina right now is looking at me very expectantly because she can't wait to hear my explanation of how she directed me. Needless to say, I can't actually say it on air. So she was asking me to draw certain things. And, you know, of varying sizes. And I'm not going to say what those things are. You can figure that out yourself. But if you are a fan of the television show Silicon Valley, which I am, which Gina is, um, Gavin Belson recently, who is a character on Silicon Valley, recently released a box that's a hard drive or something with his signature on it. And his signature is like a designed in a logo and it's shaped in a certain way. Anyway, Gina was getting me to draw such things. That's all I'm going to say, Gina. I'm just a 14-year-old. But it worked a treat, Val. You (laughs) laughed your head off and found so much uh, entertainment in that little thing. And then that was was my cue. All I needed to do was say a word and I would have you in hysterics. And that's the thing. It's like you want to get the person to not to stop thinking into the future or because it does you like do the experiment with someone uh, a friend uh your mum your brother your partner like sit opposite them and you can do it with the camera 
or a phone or whatever and just ask them questions and have a look at uh, how they're the it's not it's not necessarily the expression if you're getting them to smile or not smile it's the change in the eyes and it's like I can I can see the eyes either go cold or they warm up and it's like it's not like temperature they're cold in temperature or warm up in temperature it's so subtle but I promise you when you see this and and start to see it in another person it's a complete game changer and then you have to go back and look at all your photos and it's like you're going to um, cull and edit your photos in a different way because you can go those eyes are cold those eyes are warm not connected not connected yes and it makes it really easy so back to the homework Mm. sit opposite someone and it could be a work colleague as well and ask ask them to smile while they're thinking about puppies and kittens all right Mm -hmm. and then ask them to smile when they're thinking about uh maybe uh, someone that they're attracted to. Mm-hmm. Are you going to see, like uh, we did this, uh, I, I was shooting a, uh, a 16-year-old model who uh, when I put the camera on her, because she had been trained or I don't know what <laughs> what photo shoots she was looking at, but she turned up the, the like, she made herself look so sexy. Her look to camera right. was like just so over the top that and the publication that I was shooting her for, I needed wholesome girl next door and that look wasn't it wasn't it was like another level and so I need I know to who read, you're talking yeah, yeah, about you and she's who... married to a billionaire now <laughs> <laughs> and I needed to bring her back to like not to turn it on in that way to bring it down and so like you get them to think about something else think about puppies and kittens you know and so you you you'll visibly see a change in the way their eyes look and so and it's so subtle and there's different levels so you can make someone um there's there's uh, photographers that you know are teaching how to get someone to uh smize i think it's peter hurley that did a big big thing about like smizing so you're you the eyes are smiling and uh he, he he teaches it in a way that it's a physical act i'm I think you could, that is a great start, but I reckon you can actually go a lot deeper and actually physically get the person to whatever they believe that they're thinking of, they're actually really thinking of it, uh, you get that to come through in the eyes. And it's a it, what you're trying to do is draw out a, a real emotion from the person because the body can't tell the difference between something that you're thinking and something that you believe. So if you can convince the person that you're photographing that they are in love with a particular puppy or kitten, so they're thinking of something that they love, in a nice way, mm-hmm. you're going to get that expression in the eyes, okay? So with you, I had to go to a puerile 14-year-old level to get <laughs> you to, to, it was like, and everybody's different and I will try different things. I have talked about cooch grass, which is that grass that grows around the edges of, it's like a weed, right? With a comedian to get to connect with her right? Mm -hmm. Because I ran out of common ground conversations. (laughs) I just ran out of stuff to say. Mm -hmm. And this is what we found. And when she talked about that, her whole demeanor and her face lit up. So it's finding that common ground. With you, Val, it was Gavin Belson's. (laughs) Uh, And anyone who's watched uh, Silicon Valley will know exactly what we're talking about. But that got you to uh, I basically drew a lot of Gavin Belson's logo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that got you to actually giggle and enjoy yourself. And for that moment, you were in the moment. You were in the room. You were connected. It was real. And you get a real reaction. And that's a, a big difference. And then when you go and start thinking about the next five shots, four we- and then your mind's four weeks away, uh, your eyes go really cold, like really cold, scary. Cold, cold. <laughs> Look at me now, Val. What have I done? 
what? Am I talking too much or something? No. Are you hungry? Do we need to like? Re-? But that's there's a there and it's so like some people have a more of a poker face and you've got no idea when what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. It's written all over your face, <laughs> so you can tell if you're you know not happy or thinking or somewhere else. So that's what that was. What that was. Be here now was all about. Yes, I mean, like I said, I, I understood what and I understand what you meant intellectually. I just didn't quite know how to. It's not like I didn't want to be It's a big here. game changer for life, Val, too, you know. <laughs> you need to now start meditating. We've had this conversation. Oh, my oh, goodness. All right, let's eyes. move on to something <laughs> else. So um, what else did you find challenging about today, Gina? Uh, the... the location that we were shooting right, in yep. was uh, and we chose it deliberately yep. for the to film the course because it's very easy to walk into a lofty warehouse where you've got you know four half a kilometer or you know yep. three miles a to brick wall a and beautiful brick wall yep. and beautiful daylight flooding out and rustic timber mm. floors and space and mm. you know, this is how you shoot a headshot yeah you get the long lens out you back up but mm. like it's when you, as a, a professional photographer and enthusiast photographer generally um you get sent somewhere and i'm forever backed into a corner mm. as Literally. far back as I can get trying to um, wishing I could have another meter or so to get back so that I could use my preferred lens and always having to go no I really wanted to shoot this long but I can't it's not going to fit I'm going to have to go to option B I wish I had another stop of light I don't I wish I had a faster shutter speed that I could work with here and you're constantly juggling uh, less than ideal situations there's often overhead lights that mm. are in the spot that you don't want them uh, we had that we had mm. uh, not enough space for me to get I, I spat it a couple of times didn't I today yeah did you notice that yeah, I did <laughs> I wasn't that bad about it though no, but it was you just, were... it's frustrating yeah. because it's like all I needed was another 50 centimetres to get back and I would have got, like, the shot that I wanted. So it's constantly... They're not handed to you on a platter, so you're constantly negotiating distances, lens choice, uh, ISO. It's a constant trade-off and working out, like, is the daylight enough? Do I need to add... um, extra light here mm. and um what was your favorite shot of the day val well i haven't looked at all of them properly yet but um ooh, they were the ones at the venue more so than the ones you know outside yeah. well i guess we had challenges outside and um I, I don't know. I liked heaps of them, actually. Mm. I'm not sure. So I, have to, you, I haven't looked at I them properly. Would I get another gig with you, Val? You know, <laughs> shoot with you again? <laughs> what do you think, Gina? What do you think? <laughs> uh, and so from your perspective, because it's like not often that we get the client here in the podcast chair, mm. so I can ask you how was the experience for you and what would you suggestions would you give me as a photographer like how could I make uh, the the experience more comfortable for you what could I say to you to bring you out more what did I do wrong well what did I do right for a start I don't think I could make any suggestions for you to make me feel more comfortable because I think that that's your gift. You actually make people feel incredibly comfortable from the minute they walk in the door. I've worked with heaps of photographers, as you know, and um, and so that's what I know. I, I know that you, you're very warm with them as soon as you walk in the door. There are some photographers who ignore the talent, you know, until after they get their hair and makeup done and, you know, after... Did you see The Crown? Um... Yeah. Did you see the scene where he's um, uh, Snowden, Lord Snowden, is photographing Princess Margaret? 
Yeah. Did you see how he goes upstairs? It's part of his. Oh yes, spiel. making her him her weight. So what he does, and this was a thing that he, what he wanted to do was he wanted to capture a side of his sitters that no one has ever seen before, and the way he did that, and um, Richard Avedon, like, didn't do the the same thing, but had um, a similar approach with his portraits. He wanted to try and get the person off guard Mm -hmm. in a way. So here's Princess Margaret who's used to uh, people just falling all over her and Mm. doing exactly what she wants. And here's this guy that gave her nothing from the start. Like he he welcomes her to his studio and then he says, uh, okay, I need you to just sit here. He puts her on set, doesn't Mm. he? And he says, wait here. And He goes upstairs and she's sitting there thinking he'll be back in like 20 seconds. Mm. He's upstairs sitting in his chair. He doesn't need to get anything. He's doing it to put her off, to make her feel Un, to make her feel edgy, uh, uh, you know, on the edge of her seat mm. or, or uneasy. And he's, like, bashing things around. Upstairs. So it so it sounds like he's doing something, but she's got no idea what she's doing. So she's already going, what is going on and when is this shoot going to happen? Mm. And then he finally rocks up to shoot her and he really throws her and he does get a, a different side of her mm. than, than um, normally would happen. I didn't do that to you, though. no. <laughs> I didn't like ignore you and uh, well it's like if so you need to think about what it is in the are you trying to capture a side of the person that um, you want to decide it's the same kind of thing that I'm going for that that like say that this Snowden was going for with the princess I'm trying to get rid of photo face so that was the whole thing today with Valerie be here with me so because what you do is you'll get in front of the camera and you know what to do you're a professional you've been in the media forever you know how to turn on the smile you know how to like engage with the camera mm-hmm. but I'm going next level and going yeah it's not that I photo it's, face it's not actually that it's it's not necessarily that I'm skilled at engaging with the camera as obvious from today but I'm I'm not afraid of the camera. Not afraid. Yeah, not I'm, I'm used to it. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean I know how to engage with it, obviously. <laughs> no, no, but there was... And, and so... And you see that with, like, I think... Uh, we touched on this last week. You see when people are working with fashion models who are trained to turn it on for the camera. They know their good sides. Mm. They know what to do with their arms. They know what to do with their legs. They know how to move. And they will give you the shot Mm. but that comes at the expense of something that's authentic Mm. and so what what I'm looking for when I photograph someone is to to capture an open and honest expression that's actually authentic and it's not um, photo face and so that that is where the work comes in so Mm. like you spend like all your spare time as you're coming up the uh, through your photography training doing the work knowing how to expose the image, what shutter speed, what kind of backgrounds you like, how to shoot, all that technical stuff, and you're doing that repeatedly so that it comes a second nature, right? Mm. So you're not actually worrying about that sort of stuff. You know mm. how to light mm. someone, you know what to look for, how to pose them and all of that. Then you want to spend 80% of the shoot, 80% of the shoot on that dialogue and the connecting and getting rid of the photo face. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, you did that fantastically. I think that um, one of the things that Gina does is she actually does, she's very, ruthless isn't the right word, but she's extremely careful, is the right word, meticulous, um, particular about the framing and the, and the set and the, you know, where, what's in the background. And some people might think it's being pedantic, but in fact, she's, she's just achieving a fantastic result. Like she's particular for a reason. And I think that that is something that a lot of emerging photographers can, um, can learn from because sometimes you are so busy 
A, deciding to get the right lighting and the right focus and the right, you know, all of that, that you don't pay enough attention on the background or the environment, whereas that can often make or break the shot, Um, as can the clothes. Now, here's the thing. I have seen quite a lot of um, shots by photographers who technically they're fine, 100% fine, 100% fine. They're better than, they're really good. Uh, But I look at it and I go, what the hell is she wearing or he wearing or whatever? And I was coaching this photographer in providing a shot because I know what the press will like. Yeah. So I, because I used to be a picture editor and, you know, I'd choose shots for, for newspapers and magazines. So I know what a newspaper and magazine will publish. So I was trying to coach this photographer on the kind of shot she needed for this, for one of Australia's biggest magazines. Mm. I gave her the whole checklist, basically. Mm. It must be like this, cannot be like this. And she, you know, achieved it to some extent, but not really. Yeah. But the key, one of the key things was I was very specific in the kind of clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know the kind of clothes that are needed for this particular magazine. They're not complex or high fashion. Yeah. But they're specific. And she said that she did brief the the person. Yeah. The, being profiled and that person obviously did not listen to her whatever right. we're the, com- well, the complete opposite like I just knew immediately as soon as I saw the shot they're not going to use it no matter how good the or technically good it is so what happens with you Gina in a situation where everything someone has brought with them obviously this is not a fashion shoot because they're stylists yeah. and stuff like that yeah. but if you're shooting a regular person yeah. and every single thing they bring is horrendous yeah. Because this, this, in this situation, this photographer who I was coaching, I just knew it was dead in the water. She was never going to get that photo published. And she tried three times and it just, it was, you just didn't listen to my checklist. Yeah. What happens with, in your, in that situation with you? Because sometimes okay. people rock so up I with can't, I can't, eight outfits. I dare not name this person. Okay. Because I am a bit afraid of her. Okay. Uh, so, uh, well-known member of the underworld. Okay, I know right. who you're talking about. <laughs> Rocks mm-hmm. up to a shoot with nothing usable and we're away from the shops. This, this person's um, <laughs> wardrobe. wardrobe. Right. Okay. So I'm just thinking of how do I not incriminate myself or this person. Um, I lent this person my shoes, mm-hmm. my jacket. Did I take my jeans off? No. So you you cobble together and then it might be uh, I've taken clothes off the makeup artist I and then I've cobbled something together with like, you know, this ring. Right. Has been worn by everyone as like um, a little to add a little touch of uh, blue which is my favorite um <laughs> ring and so that's what i do right yeah yeah just to get and something so usable to get to get something usable um and then you just might you can also uh pin and crop and try and change things in a certain way to get them to uh perhaps uh you know mm. work better and the thing that I say was on the list that we sent out, the shot list, mm-hmm. when I said, mm-hmm. um, but can you remember what I said to yeah, direction said for tomorrow? The kind of, and is there an outfit that people regularly compliment you on? Yeah, and that's, mm. I think that's the best thing when people say, what do I wear, what colours? So I always, I, I advise against black because mm. it's a lot it's hard to work with unless mm. and like you insisted on wearing black for a couple of outfits today because now that you're an artist <laughs> well apparently they wear black <laughs> just moved to melbourne so but I, some of them work gina yeah they did work but what did i say that could is a really good way to wear black if you're in a photo what was my oh suggestion? different textures yeah. so you might have you know velvet pants but a leather jacket and a knitted top or something 
And what was the other suggestion for you with length to like? Because I'm vertically challenged. Vertically yeah, challenged. I'm vertically challenged. And two things. So Gina said um, a high waist because then it makes your legs look longer. Yeah. But also the highest heels physically possible, yeah. which I did and my, my feet are killing me. Um, so the highest heels physically possible, but also if they're said black shoes and you've got, say, black pants, make sure you have a black opaque stocking or sock or whatever so it just yeah. looks like black black there's a one long line and there's no break in the skin with the feet because that, that's actually cutting up the body yeah. and I pointed that out to you and also with the um, with someone who is vertically challenged uh, the high-waisted pants or high-waisted skirt you didn't wear the skirt today or skirt yeah the high-waisted skirt anyway high-waisted pants or high-waisted oh, yeah. skirt and then I know you, we didn't do yeah, that shot and then you get them to wear um, a crop jacket yeah and that and that helps uh with the and it's all about creating an illusion there's so many other things but you know that little hack with when someone asks what should i wear and i say wear the outfit that when you wear it you get tons of compliments because obviously like there are people that go and professionally get their colors done Mm. and like if you can get your colours done by someone who knows what they're doing, oh, my God, it is the most amazing thing to do. Okay. Because what a really good colourist will do is they will... Because you can have, like, brown hair, brown eyes and olive skin, right? But there are different... Um, uh, tints in the skin like some people have like more red tones in their skin some people have like purples in there it's like it's really subtle you don't see it in the naked eye mm. like you might be more pink toned which means that you're more of a like autumn colors suit you you might be more uh summer toned where blues suit you really well and to look I met a lady last year who like walked into a room and I said, oh my God, everything you are wearing looks amazing on you. She's like, yeah, I had my colours done. And apparently this, like she told me the name of the person, I can't remember, but like mm-hmm. she looked incredible. And, and it's like occasionally if you haven't had your colours done, we've all fluked it, mm-hmm. we, but you don't know what you've done. But you know you've got it right when you've walked out and you think all you're wearing is the $5 t-shirt you bought at Target Mm -hmm. but everyone goes oh my god that looks really good on you Mm -hmm. because it's the colour and it's like you can have 20 different blue t-shirts but they're all different tones some of them because they're either uh, you know more towards the red end of the blue spectrum or they're more Mm. towards the what's the other whatever the opposite Mm -hmm. they might have some green in the blue but Every single one is going to have a different effect on people's skin tone. So if you don't know that and they've brought all their clothes along, the thing that I do is we'll stand in front of a daylight window mm. and uh, I get them to hold, I just hold it up against their skin yeah. and I see what happens. Yeah. It's like that does nothing for your skin tone. That makes your skin tone pop. Not only that, have a look at what it does to your eyes. Yes, and don't be afraid to do that. Sometimes you might think it's, I don't know, uncool or you might think that they're they're not going to like it. Don't be afraid to do that. Just the mere act of holding the top or dress or whatever up to their face and looking at it and seeing whether it looks good or not can can tell you so much don't be afraid to do it yeah, yeah and then definitely. the other thing that i do is i always suggest that uh br- bring everything you can but just bring a little bit more sometimes you've got that top that you're not really sure about but something just tells you to bring it you, they always end up wearing that because i'll always d- rummage through their stuff and i'm mm. like can you put that on and they're like oh that old thing and i'm like you yeah, know nah, it's not the actual shirt it's the color it mm. just looks so good and it might be that the way i crop the shot they they can't imagine how it'll look and they don't see what happens in the there's mm. kind of a bit of magic a bit of smoke and mirrors that goes on but if you 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 know get them to wear it in a certain way or crop it in a certain style it can be a complete game change. like we discovered today there was one dress that you love on right mm, with mm. the one with the but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you love it on, mm. but didn't then look in good. photos no. it didn't work. Did terrible, it? terrible. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, learning to go, and often it's the uh, the simple stuff with uh, the least amount of accoutrement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that that work the best. So 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 people just go to so much trouble thinking, oh, it's got the certain ruffle or this. Usually, the best thing for a still image is to keep it 
simple and to work with line. You think about the line that the entire line that you make in that outfit mm. rather than how it looks in real life. The other thing that Gina's great at, and we'll be we'll have video of this for the Gold community in the tutorials, so um, you you guys will re- be able to see how she does it. And I'm used to it because I've shot with Gina so many times, right? But one of the things she's really great at is um, directing the person to be in a certain position that is that if you were actually looking at it as an outsider, this person looks completely wacko, <laughs> like their thumbs stuck in the air or they're leaning in a really awkward position or whatever. But in the frame, it's amazing. So I think that um, it's also... I trust Gina, obviously, because I've known her for so long, that that's what she's doing. But it's getting your subject to, you need to say, I know that this may sound or feel awkward. And I know that, you know, if you were somebody looking, you'd, you'd go, how in the world could this be a decent looking shot? But you just need to trust me. And if you need to, you may need to show them a frame to show them the cropping so they can see that they're not going to see that, you know, the camera is not capturing their legs in a weird position or their bum sticking in the air or whatever. It's capturing this amazing angle, um, which is what you're going for. So um, Gina isn't afraid to direct people into certain positions that may look odd but that look fantastic on camera. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's – and – like you're aware of it and so I'm you know I'm telling you that but what I do with someone I can see again you see them looking at you going you don't know what you're doing Mm. and so I always say to these people hang on I know this feels odd I know your head feels odd I know you feel really strange and I get that I'm going to take a frame and I'm going to show you Mm. and I always turn the camera around I'm like that's the shot and you just see them visibly relaxed so I think whenever you're shooting someone and you like not not so much as you're still learning and you're still trying to work out exposure and all of those things but like so once you get into a groove try and and I used to before digital I used to pull Polaroids so Mm. have Polaroids and that used to be the icebreaker for me yeah because it's like until the person you're photographing has seen that first shot and they know that you've shown them that I know what I'm doing. Mm. They're kind of, they're not trusting you. And I wouldn't either. If I was in, I'd be looking at the person going, what have you got me doing? Because everyone's had a bad experience. Everyone's got that bad photo shoot. So until you can show them and put their mind at ease, Mm. you're not going to have them 100%. They're going to be on guard. But once you turn that camera around and they see themselves and that moment where they love themselves sick. (laughs) Fully sick. Fully sick happens. You could ask them to take all their clothes off and whistle, you know, whatever they wanted and yes. to tap dance and, and they will do it because you have their trust. Yes. You know, yes. and so and then if they've come back for the second time, you don't need to do you don't need to go through all of that. They know that, oh, I've got to get into awkward positions but I know it's worthwhile because mm. she's just stretching out my neck or getting my head at the right angle. The other thing that Gina does really, really well, and not all photographers do this actually, because um, and there's footage of this in the course in our course um, at GinaMilitia.com how to the, how to pose and direct like a pro. Um, so it's a posing course, and there's footage of Gina doing this. But you might think this is normal, Gina, um, but very few photographers actually do it. Because you don't get shot by many other photographers, so you wouldn't know, right? Whereas I see lots of other photographers. Um, is and this is particularly relevant when you're doing headshots. Is that Gina has this way of when she wants you, she actually puts her two hands. If you can imagine the palms of your hands facing each other, sort of in the 
um, the head space apart. So imagine your head is between the palm of her hands. So she's directing you by, um, she's not touching you at all. She's still behind the camera, but she's got her the palms of um, her palms facing each other, and then she's just tilting her palms slightly to the right or slightly to the left or slightly angling a certain way or whatever to show where your head is supposed to go. So she'll just say, just cock your head slightly this way. She doesn't even have to say right or left because the person can see which way because her hands are showing them exactly which way. And other photographers like that that I've worked with and many other many that I've seen will say just t- tilt your head a little bit to the left or which freaking left or tilt your head a little bit you know to to the right or just look down a bit now what's down a bit but when Gina actually uses her hands to show exactly how many degrees or exactly down a bit you know exactly how much is a bit and it's such an an efficient way to direct because otherwise it's otherwise the conversation goes like this um just tilt your your head a little bit to the left no 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 too far no no back a bit no 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 that way a bit more no 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 back back here this way no 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 I, I meant that way so it's just a visual cue that is so efficient and I think that that's um really really useful just because yeah. it's efficient oh, and and few people you do it you know oh really mm-hmm. well i don't get to see other photographers at work yeah but um the the reason i do it like that is i don't want the model to lose confidence in me and i don't want them to feel any frustration because that's going to they'll shut down mm. if i if i'm sitting there going oh move your head to the left no the other left and then, <laughs> you, you know you can be tired and you can let down your guard and you uh express your frust- frustration already the person in front of the camera feels vulnerable mm. they're in front of the camera they it's an open wound you do feel vulnerable mm. and everyone just wants to know that they're doing a good job whether it's the queen of sheba or the guy next door they just want to know they're doing a good job so if you're sitting there going nah other layer no no little bit no no back up no 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 that you're going to make that person feel really awkward and, and like their internal monologue then becomes oh my god I'm not very good at this I knew I wasn't very good my mother said I wasn't very good <laughs> everyone says I'm not very good I'm not very good photographer thinks I'm, I'm just an ugly person really no one's going to get a good fun you they weren't going to get it and and off they go and then you see the eyes go <laughs> dark and then they have every negative thought running through their head and everyone is guilty of this so Mm. you need to you know stop that from having happening and draw that out and make it always a positive experience and be generous and loving without being uh fake Mm, mm. did it feel fake at all today i mean it's hard (laughs) because we know each other so well but it's actually very hard to photograph someone that you know well Mm, because uh, the shock of the new is gone. I really struggle. If I'm photographing my uh, son or my daughter or, you know, any other member of the family, I can't do the usual shtick because they Mm. laugh at me. Mm. They go, is that what you say to people? (laughs) I go, yeah. They're like, don't, don't stop it. It's embarrassing, (laughs) you know. And so I can't do that. And then with you... I've already talked about, like, we've done so many shows on this is what I do, this is what I say, that you know all of that. So I had to resort to Plan E, <laughs> which worked a treat. So happy. And I'm going to have to use that with other people now. All right. Well, on that note, we could actually talk about this forever, but we shall Fun save day. it for another episode. I had a great time. And um, I have to say, you know, I, I love nothing more than working with you <laughs> and I love the fact that you make it so easy and so comfortable and and uh, and you know from the from, from the limited number of shots that I've looked over your shoulder on so far you you can make things look so amazing so you know thank you Gina oh, thanks, I have to Val. say it was a fun day I enjoyed it I have and, to you know, say you do bring it you make it easy because it's like I you know 
don't only have to say, draw this, and you've lost it, and you, the smile comes in. So it was fun, and we've got a big day tomorrow, so like, we should go and yes, uh, have some dinner now. Have dinner. Yeah. All right. We'll be back soon. Where do we find you online, Gina? So ginamilitia.com, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. You can connect with me on all social media at Gina Militia, and if you want to connect with me in person and take your photography to the next level, then you want to check out the Goal Community. So that's at ginamilitia.com slash Goal Community. What about you, Val? You can find me uh, at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, you can connect with both of us in the podcast listener group on Facebook. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community and we'd love to see you in there. It's free to join that. Uh, Just request to join and we'd love to say hello. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.